I'm Christian Corley. With me is Gavin Phillips. We are back. The really useful podcast, the tech podcast for technophobes from makeuseof.com. Uh, how are you doing, Gavin? I'm doing very well, thank you, Christian. It was my birthday yesterday. I've had a jolly nice weekend, uh, and I'm looking forward to a new season of the really useful podcast. How about yourself? Yeah, me too. It hasn't been my birthday, uh, not for a month. Anyway, and, uh, regular listeners will know that we took a break over Christmas. So the December, January, we've had a break, recharged our batteries, and we're back this week. We've got news, recommendations, tips, and we're going to look at some giveaways on Make Use Of. Uh, there's some good stuff going on at the moment there, so it'll be a shame to not alert you to those. Uh, news-wise, we're going to look at how you can watch YouTube on your PS4. We're looking at Pinterest and trick of how to clear your Facebook activity as well. Our recommendations out. And tips coming up, we have how to remove a broken headphone jack from a phone or tablet. Why images get burned into LCD and plasma displays and how you can fix that. And video game themed Valentine's Day gifts that you can give this year because it's next. Is it next week? It's next week, isn't it? Next or the week. week? Is it or next in the week? middle of next week. It's coming soon. It's on the horizon. It's on the horizon. Those those arrows are being sharpened. Oh, look, it's on, it's on a Friday. Oh, it's always the best day for Valentine's Day. Isn't Absolutely. It? <laughs> Other than maybe Saturday. <laughs> Sunday, terrible day for it. Worst uh, day. <laughs> so let's go with um, how you can now watch YouTube TV on your PS4. Uh, Gavin, you got a PS4? I don't, but you know what? I am currently looking to buy a PS4 Pro, so I'm in the market. So this uh, this news is very applicable to me at the moment. Excellent. So uh, YouTube TV is now available on your PS4. Um, Sony's previously shunned other options to promote its own live TV streaming service, but PlayStation View has shut down, which will explain why I no longer have the app on my Xperia. <laughs> um in October, Sony announced it was shutting PlayStation View, and competition was fierce from Hulu and Live TV, Sling TV, and others, so they decided to kill it and focus energy elsewhere. So, if you're a PlayStation View refugee, or you just want YouTube TV on your PS4, you can now do it. You'll find the app in the PlayStation 4, install it on your PS4, then sign in, or sign up for an account if you don't already have one, and start using YouTube TV. I found... Um, Getting YouTube apps on TV has improved considerably over the last couple of years. It used to be a real pain to do, but now basically you install the app, you go to the sign-in, then it tells you you've got youtube.com slash activate, however, then you log in on your PC or your phone with your user account that you normally use, and it'll give you a code to enter, and then you enter that on the console or whatever. Or sometimes you don't even need to do that because it detects your IP. Yeah, if you're so on the same network, yeah, um, that that works on the uh, the Fire Stick, doesn't it? Yes, With it some does, apps, yeah. but like you said, not all of them do it. But yeah, yeah it, it just automatically updates itself. Um, but either way, it's it's so much easier now than it was in the past. So, uh, I, I mean, we don't need to sit here and explain how to use YouTube to anybody. But having that on a PS4 is big a uh, big advantage. Yeah, it's a nice addition, isn't it? So, was was PlayStation View a, a was it a free app? Um, with Sony content on it rather than the YouTube app, which is... Because YouTube TV is different to YouTube, isn't it? It is different to YouTube, yeah. Um, that's worth pointing out, yeah. Um, 
I mean, YouTube TV is kind of like it's 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 that type of app, isn't it? It's, it's that yeah. subscription it's a... service that YouTube has. Yeah, and you can get uh, ABC, CBS, all those sorts of proper channels rather than just YouTube streamers on YouTube TV. So it's a bit more expansive, isn't it? And licensed yeah. content rather than just stuff that people have uploaded or home creations and so on. Yeah, which which begs a question. Why not have it in the first place? <laughs> I get. I mean, if they were going to continue with PlayStation View, they don't want a direct competitor yeah. on their platform. Now that that doesn't exist, they might as well open it up and make it there nice is that, for people. Using it. I mean, looking over the past few years, the things that we've always found is that the only people who miss out with this. It's not the bank balance of the companies quarrelling. It's the consumer who misses out. It's the audience who misses out by not mm. having having the choice. So yes, it, it is. Uh, so, but yeah. Anyway, YouTube TV. You can bang it on your PS4 now, alongside any other entertainment apps you might have running. Uh, and now a topic that uh, Gavin and I are both absolute experts on. Pinterest now lets you virtually try on makeup. <laughs> yeah it looks quite interesting though actually i really like the, the more companies are getting to grips with uh augmented reality yes. apps we saw one recently from the uh the, the uk retailer john lewis and yep. you can now put a piece of furniture into the room um and if you imagine remember like the original sort of augmented reality apps they're really janky and the pieces of furniture will sort of splice through your walls and all that yeah, sort of yeah. stuff but i took it for a test drive the other day and it, it was actually really good like it it synced really nicely with the surroundings there's a bit of shadowing on the on the furniture to show how it might look in different lights it, it was really good yeah is it are you likely to have john lewis furniture in your house for real uh <laughs> not, <laughs> not, not at the current rate no <laughs> I better keep playing the lottery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, snap. Uh, we, I think the most expensive. Well, yeah, the most expensive thing we ever bought from John Lewis was a. Uh, I think it was a dummy. It was something <laughs> baby related, anyway. Yeah, nice. Oh, so Pinterest. Yes, Pinterest. Pinterest. Yeah, so they're doing this. So this is quite cool. Um, their augmented reality feature uh, was announced on the Pinterest newsroom. And it's to help pinners explore their style and shop on interest. And it does this by using augmented reality technology to let you try on makeup virtually. Uh, now, you might say, oh, that's not that different to, you know, like apps like um, Snapchat or you know, any of those things. Add the filters, put makeup and stuff like that. But what this is doing is actually letting you try on the makeup and then buy the makeup. You can swipe up to shop from specific brands such as Estee Lauder, Sephora, Neutrogena, L'Oreal. Um, there's different shades available for all skin tones. And Pinterest won't be using filters to smooth your skin or alter your appearance. So you can be on the, obviously, what you're testing out. So obviously, you're going to see exactly how it looks on you. So this is kind of useful um, for anyone who's interested in makeup and buying makeup. Uh, whether or not you wear makeup or you're trying it out for a friend or for a daughter or whatever. You you have daughters, Gavin? Yes, yeah, all three of them, yeah. Yeah, all three, yeah. So I've got two girls. Um, my, my oldest is, lo loves just like messing around with my social stuff. So I've got a, I've got a, I've got a, 
profile picture on Twitter at the moment that was chosen by my daughter, which is me with my teddy bear. <laughs> child, childhood. Very nice. Yeah, she, she took she, she her, her the background on her tablet photo is a picture of my mother with a, a Santa beard. <laughs> Very fetching, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, she's a, <laughs> a character, my daughter. Um, but uh, yeah, this is sort of thing that she would absolutely love to try out. Yeah, I, I can absolutely. My uh, my eldest Simone is just sort of on the cusp of uh, wanting makeup and uh, we went to a birthday party yesterday afternoon for several other kids and i noticed she'd put some makeup on so i was like oh, okay oh <laughs> so, so here we are standing on the on the cusp of uh, makeup time so yeah likewise i imagine she would she would really enjoy this but it, it would be absolutely for all ages and like you say because you can swipe to buy straight from the app it seems very very handy yeah absolutely absolutely so uh, yeah check that out and uh, as with everything that we discuss in the really useful podcast, you will find all the links you need in the show notes. Uh, Facebook, one of our favourite things is Facebook, isn't it? <laughs> um, they've now made it possible for you to clear your off Facebook activities. Here's a new tool which puts you in con- better control of your data. It's called the Off Facebook Activity Tool. It shows you which websites and apps are sharing your data with Facebook. You might think, what? They're sharing data with Facebook. Yes, they are. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg has told the Facebook newsroom, which is a sort of blog on Facebook, uh, that some of the work we've been doing to give you more control over your privacy on and off Facebook. And for starters, Facebook will be directing all 2 billion users to its privacy checkup tool. I think that happened to me a couple of days ago, actually. I'd been messing around with it like a week before, so I kind of ignored it. And now I'm thinking, hmm. Yeah. yeah. So I'll maybe go back into that. Uh, So all manner of sites and apps share information with Facebook. Um, The information that they share allows Facebook to create a profile on you and share relevant ads based on that. Uh, You probably know that Facebook has been in trouble for... Um, collecting information about people. Um, there's different, about everyone um, that has Facebook and even people that don't have Facebook. People are mentioned on Facebook by when you've imported contacts into Facebook, but that person doesn't have a Facebook profile. Things called shadow profiles are created. So they have a vast database of information about people. It's been used in the news for mm. selling data um, or not so much selling data as making data accessible to um groups who use that to um Target. for political campaigning for yeah. instance it's not just that as well there are, there are other things that have been going on with that it's not just political campaign there's other kinds of targets mm-hmm. that have been going on um by third parties uh now if you want to um help to reduce <clears throat> the information you can use the off facebook activity tool and um, so when you're in facebook go to settings your Facebook information, and then off Facebook activity. And you can use that to access, download, or manage information. Importantly, clear your history and manage future activity with Facebook. Um, it, the interesting thing about Facebook is it never fails to um, surprise us with its, not just its range of tools for handling your privacy, but also the fact that it has to create these tools for handling your privacy. Yeah, a lot of the time it appears that they've had to uh, turn public what was originally a internal Facebook tool where they 
you'd look at the different data sources coming in and then suddenly, oh, look, you can now do it yourself. Yeah. Um, so once you scroll down that list, um, it seems, looking at my own list, it does seem fairly exhaustive, but uh, it doesn't go back that far. My list goes to the 27th of July, 2019. Uh, but once you scroll through your, your own list, you use the link in the article that will be linked in the show notes, you see that it is almost every single website that you visit basically ever. Um, so especially in the UK and Europe, we all, I think it's in the US as well, isn't it? You receive the cookies and preference notice. So whenever you click through that, you're essentially consenting to this data sharing process to begin. Uh, and a lot of the time now on many websites, if you click no, then some websites will just say, well, you can't access the content that you want to read. So you get locked out of sites and services and the content yeah. if you don't consent to sharing your data. So it's a tricky, tricky balance. It is. It is. Um, and all we can say really is just be vigilant when using any social network as to how your information is being used by them. We'll move on. because it's, it's a topic we're going to come back to again and again. And we have done repeatedly in previous shows in the really useful podcast. Recommendations time. And this is a little segment that we introduced in the last run of shows, uh, during which we uh, find something to recommend to you that you might find interesting. Uh, now, I um, I came dangerously close to buying a new guitar a couple of months ago. And uh, really, really close. Yeah, really, really close. It's, it's, it was kind of... I say dangerously close. I could have got closer. Uh, it was basically the, the threat of a big argument kind of put me off. Because um, there's other things to save up for. And like a new hat, a new house. But uh, that's another story entirely. <laughs> you could say a new hat. <laughs> <laughs> a very wow. ornate hat. That is know. a very fancy hat, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Your grace is time, you know. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, a new hat, new house. <laughs> and um, so I've been revisiting um, guitar and I've been playing ukulele a lot which I think we talked about in a previous show uh, now I found this guy on YouTube called Paul Davids and he has 1.53 million subscribers and he does um, tutorials and kind of reviews of guitars he's really cool um, approach very relaxed laid back approach well, completely giving you everything that you need to know. Useful camera angles to show you how he's playing or to show you what he's talking about. It's a, it's a really, really cool um, and interesting way of um, teaching guitar. And it's there free on YouTube. So uh, check this guy out, basically, if you're interested in guitar. Yeah, very nice. Yeah. What have you got? Uh, um, I was going to recommend the YouTube channel of uh, Tifo Football uh, or Soccer. Uh, I'm a massive um, soccer fan and Tifo Football take very specific topics and turn them into uh, really nicely animated videos and they narrate the videos themselves and they give you like really in-depth looks at different parts of the world of uh, football, soccer that sort of go under the radar sometimes, like more in-depth looks at 
uh, how specific tactics work, um, okay. how different players will fit into different clubs, why certain leagues are formed like they are, the money behind clubs, the money behind leagues, and, and how certain scandals have happened and what have you over the years. Um, and they've gained a lot of followers in the last few years because they put out two to five videos every week. Wow. Um, and they're all they're really nicely animated and they're all to the exact same standard it's yeah they're, they're really worth a watch if you if you if you're interested in that sort of sport okay so that's worth checking out and the links will be in the show notes for you yeah and and for gavin if he wants to check them out which he <laughs> probably already has some bookmarked okay so it's tips time have you ever broken a headphone Jack and found that the uh, important part was stuck in your phone or tablet or MP3 player, leaving you unable to listen to music. Oh God, that must be absolutely horrendous. Have you done? Yeah, uh, I haven't. I know a uh, small chap who has, and <laughs> it was a real pain to sort out. <laughs> oh God. Yeah, there, uh, that seems pretty horrendous. Yeah, because basically, if, once the headphone jack goes in, then there's no audio. It's piped through the ears. And yeah. if it gets broken off in there, if you can't get it out, then it's basically going to cut out the speakers on the device, thinking that the audio is going through the connector in the earphone. So there are various ways that you can get a broken headphone jack out of the um, port. I'm going to go through them quickly in turn. I'm going to tell you what I found worked the best. And then, obviously, the uh, link's in the show notes for further information. So, you can use the inside of a biro. So, you take out the... Open a biro pen, pull out the, the, the nib end, and you've got the tube with the, with the ink in it. It's the same diameter as a headphone jack, or more or less. So, the idea is that you can push it down and then pull it out. It doesn't always work. So, nothing you can do is uh, a similar thing, but with super glue on the end. But you don't put it straight down. You wait for the super glue to go a bit tacky. You <laughs> can also use a thumbtack with a bent point, but this depends on how far down the jack is. If it's kind of broken sort of more or less cleanly with the edge of your phone or tablet or MP3 player, then a thumbtack with a slightly bent edge, a bent point, can be forced in to the end of the jack and then hopefully you get enough purchase to then pull it out oh uh, yeah um if super glue isn't available then hot glue on like a thumb on, on a, a toothpick or something else narrow and long maybe a lollipop stick uh, can do a similar job a heated paper clip this is i'm not keen on this um this is one of the things i tried and i got a little burn from it so you know do this with absolute care is um heat up a paper clip and then push it into the end of the connector and the the so like the the sealed plasticky bit in the end there um should give slightly then leave the paper clip in there for a moment or two for it all to cool down and then pull hopefully it'll come out now the thing i found that did work was the um hot glue and toothpick while i use a lollipop stick ah, okay um but it, it took about six attempts and I seem to recall that there was a bit of um, 
shaking of things and holding upside down just to get the extra bonus of gravity. Yeah. <laughs> but there is a tool called a grip stick. You could save yourself a lot mess around just buying a grip stick, which is designed specifically for removing headphone jacks from a phone. All oh, right. Wow. And now these are available. They're not too expensive. They the result of a successful Kickstarter campaign and they've um, kind of been copied. So, um, you know, the, anyone can get hold of one now. I'm looking on Amazon now and yeah, you can, you, you can get tools that do the same sort of thing. The original grip stick is ridiculously expensive now. So they must've come to the end of the run and they're very rare to get hold of. Um, well, they're, they're like 10 quid when they were initially available. So, but, but, but basically the, the idea is to find something that is wide enough to grab whilst being small enough not to, to, to go in and not mm. to cause any damage. So it is a pain. The best solution, of course, is to not use tradition, not to use wired headsets, use to use Bluetooth. Yeah, I mean, if you've got the option, it, it, it's quite great. I had only just recently started using wireless headphones and uh, was like, ah, oh, why have I not been doing this for so long? Yeah, exactly. Silly, silly. <laughs> I had the same thought a few months ago when I got these. Um, what are they? Sennheisers. Yeah. Yeah, nice. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I thought, why on earth haven't I been doing this already? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're crazy. in a box on my desk for like eight months. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Just sitting there looking at me. <laughs> oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. So, um, so that's that. Um, yeah, there's, I've, we've loaded the um, article with videos as well, so you can check how each. One word as well, illustrations. Sure. So, yeah, check those out. Now, then, um, LCD TVs and plasma TVs famously are subject to screen burning. Many years ago, I worked in a, uh, the, the UK Health Service um, in the IT department, and we had a system set up on a plasma TV. This was totally OTT, by the way. It did not need to be on a plasma TV, or on the, did not need to be on like a 2000 pound plasma TV. <laughs> on one. Basically, showing sites being pinged on Nagios. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, totally. You don't talk to me about wastage in the NHS? My yeah, God, yeah. I can take some stories. That's impressive. Anyhow. And <laughs> basically, the idea was to, set, to, to detect whether a remote site um, clinic or whatever had been knocked offline. And then we'd be able to quickly um, sort of like uh, mobilize our forces, send an engineer out and sort it out before they even realized that they'd gone offline. That was the idea behind that. And because we were showing the same thing all the time, at first there was a bit of screen burning, which was eventually sorted out by um, switching between different screens. Uh, but this is not uncommon on plasmas and LCDs, is it, Kevin? Yeah, no, plasmas, um, as you were saying, are, are particularly uh, susceptible to it. I mean, they don't really make plasma TVs anymore, not new ones anyway, but of course there's a lot of plasma TVs out there still floating around in existence. Um, the thing with plasmas is they suffer from what's called phosphor deterioration, um, and that's where the bits behind the screen, basically the components, just start deteriorating and they can't do the job anymore. And once those start failing, um, parts of the screen that are exposed for a long time to the same image um, that image remains on the screen. Um, so particularly bad for, for 
that sort of deterioration of things like scrolling news sites and tickers like that. So you get the the scrolling news uh, ticker across the bottom of the screen and that will remain there. Um, and like the news logo up in one of the corners and, and that will remain there mm-hmm. even after you change channel. Um, so with the more modern screens, uh, LCDs and LEDs, they can also experience image burn although they're more likely to experience some image persistence um, which is where you change it to something else and it looks like the image has burned into the screen but it should fade away reasonably quickly um, that's not to say that it can't happen in under the same circumstances uh, and it's essentially the same problem as with the plasma screens overexposure and constant usage cause the bits that give you the images on the screen to fail really there are some ways around it um the success of them always depends on how badly the image burning is um the first thing (laughs) goes without saying is to not leave your screens on a single image for too long to begin with obviously that's not always possible if like Christian was saying, if it's in a in a waiting room or something like that and it's displaying the same news channel forever, it, it's going to happen at some point. And if you've left it on for thousands of hours, then there's a strong chance you're going to get burning. Um, you can use image static to attempt to rejig the bits behind the screen into cooperating with you again so the static is the you know the constant black and white image that moves quickly across your screen Um, that can reset some of the broken parts of your screen it's not 100% guaranteed though Uh, some modern screens uh, LEDs and uh, OLEDs and what have you have technology called pixel shift Um, and this is where the manufacturers have realized that screen burning is an issue and instead of displaying the screen in exactly the same place exactly all the time they shift it slightly around the screen which is imperceptible to to you or i to the human eye um but to the screen it makes a huge amount of difference because it's changing only one pixel of color at a time but it means those single pixels aren't burning into one specific place so it sounds like a tiny thing but it makes a massive difference um there's also some software based fixes that you could try uh one which is very popular and works quite well is jscreen fix um it's a licensed program costs 25 dollars uh but it helps deal with dead pixels and other uh, screen burn images and it rotates through like series of colors different patterns uh, and what have you and that can help to shift dead pixels and screen burns uh, and the other one which is quite handy and also does maybe work for plasma screens is using a white screensaver um, so you could connect your laptop or whatever to your television display a pure white background on the screen and mirror that to the television that's experiencing screen burn and leave that for you know a a good few hours and hopefully that will clear up 
all of or at least some of the image burn. Like I said, it's not always guaranteed that you're going to get rid of all the image burn. It really depends on how long it's been there, the type of television or, or monitor you're using, like older monitors and what have you can be really susceptible to it, uh, especially if they're, you know, like 20 or year, 20 years or more old. It can be quite tricky to get rid of. But there are options to fix it. Okay. Cool. Yeah, so I mean, that's that's one to uh, really uh, keep an eye on, uh, you know, bookmark that one because, you know, it's, while there are methods, as uh, Gavin says, built in to reduce this from happening, it, it is always a risk. We'll move on now. I'd really love this. It's the 10 best video game themed Valentine's Day gifts. Uh, it's it's uh, by a uh, regular, really useful podcast guest, Ben Stegner. And um, he goes through 10 things that you might consider for Valentine's Day for your special someone. So, a new multiplayer game. For instance, uh, he suggests Snipper Clips. But, you know, I haven't played that either. But Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is also suggested, or Super Smash Brothers, both of which are great multiplayers. Well, what if they're those sort of games, like you give to your loved one and you play a few rounds and then by like the 10th round you're you're trying to fight each other because uh, <laughs> all the romance is gone yeah yeah <laughs> fizzled out <laughs> i think the, the solution is probably just to maybe reduce how much you're playing yeah yeah that's, that's i think that's option. yeah i think that's I, I, um, in our house whether we're playing video games or board games uh, we were playing um, Doctor Who Risk the other night, which is basically just huge armies of Daleks all over the earth. <laughs> and, you know, we played for a set two hours and we barely got through the game. Um, but I, th- I think it's important to play like that when, cause if, if, unless you're playing on your own. You know, if you're playing on your own, play as long as you like. But with in-group situations, I think you have to have time limits. And otherwise, you know, people can get sick of a game or... You know, there's toilet breaks and stuff, and there's advantages and disadvantages of needing to leave the room for a few minutes or whatever. So, yeah. Um, yeah. It's a family gaming tip there for you on the Really Useful Podcast. Um, jewellery. Back to the article. Ba- uh, jewellery is a uh, common Valentine's Day gift, and you can get jewellery that is inspired by games. Uh, the site Fangamer has several options to let you um, show off your appreciation of your loved one's interests such as uh, necklace and earrings based on Zelda, Mario, and other titles. Funko Pop figurines. I hate these things. Oh, really? <laughs> I just do not understand the attraction at all. But I hear they're very popular. They're in every shop I go in these days, so they must be. Yeah, uh, you, there you go. Yeah, you don't need me to tell you what to do with Funko Pop because you won't agree with me. Uh, you might buy an Overwatch Diva pillow. For yeah. your loved one. Um, a little bit more serious now. Video game art books, that's really cool. I didn't even know these things existed. Mm. Uh, cuphead. No ceramic mud that is yeah. a cuphead. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I like Vi- that. That's really nice. I like that. Video game t shirts. Uh, now I have a, I'm building a nice collection of retro gaming t shirts. Mm. So I'm, I'm, I'm certainly up, in, uh, up for that one. Uh, a Raspberry Pi. Who can say no to Raspberry Pi? Yeah, I, I would love 
someone to yeah. buy me and another Raspberry Pi. <laughs> How many have you got? I've got three, and I've got one in the post as well. <laughs> <laughs> right, you, know, you can never I've, have too many. I've got a spreadsheet <clears throat> detailing what all of my Raspberry Pis are doing. I have 12, apparently. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Admittedly, the Raspberry Pi B, the very first one, has been decommissioned. Uh-huh. Because it's, been, it's too slow, and it doesn't do stuff. And then I have mainly... oh. <laughs> Some of them don't do anything. Oh, one of them's not mine. One of, my, one of them's Bruce's, my son's. Mm. Uh, that's in the paper kit. So I don't touch that one. So maybe 10. Uh, <laughs> a, raspberry, a Raspberry Pi with uh, retro gaming stuff is a really, really cool option. Gaming posters are also available for your loved ones. Oh, just digital store credits. Xbox, PlayStation, Nintendo Switch, Steam, whatever. All those things. Yeah, um, good ideas. Yeah, great stuff. Then find a. <laughs> if it's Steam, obviously there's the very real risk that what you're actually buying them is a card for a one-player game. That they got. Yeah, yeah. And the rest of Valentine's Night playing and ignoring you. So yeah. there is that risk. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's that. I mean, what, what would you uh, buy along those lines, Gavin, for your loved one? Um. I would go for something like the T-shirts or I think digital store credit's always good because, you know, you're you're giving a gift with love and thought in mind, but you're, you're letting them make the, the final decision. So that's sort of, it's always good, good, that sort of present. Or you're letting them know you haven't got a bloody clue what they want. <laughs> no, I'll take the first option. <laughs> <laughs> I would probably go for the jewellery, I think. Oh yeah, you think? Yeah, yeah. I can see you rocking one of the uh, Triforce necklaces. <laughs> Never rocked a necklace in my life. <laughs> I'm not about to start today. Okay, right. Well, we're going to wrap up the show in a moment or two. But uh, as noted earlier on, we're going to look at some giveaways that are currently running on Make Use Of. Uh, I'll start with um, the Insta. 360 one hour a modular action cam that does everything and more there's a great review video by james bruce which explains what's great about this is just to uh, re reiterate it's an action cam that's modular so um the main selling point as james puts it is the one hour doesn't make you choose between taking a 360 camera or a 4k action cam you can have both it handles both it does both and you sort of like snap pieces together to create the camera that you want to take out with you. And then you check everything on a phone. Uh, it's some great demos in there of what it does. There's a review video uh, for you to check out. And that is a giveaway. Uh, now, that went live on January the 24th. So you've got about two weeks to get in and enter that video and um, that competition of Big Band to win the Insta360 one hour. So... Um, take this opportunity to head over there now and check it out because that's a really cool piece of kit that you mm -hmm. could win. And I've been doing a bit of uh, hardware reviewing myself. Uh, it is the Doogee S95 Pro. Again, it's modular. Uh, so this is a phone. It's a big phone. It's kind of like a Galaxy S10, but a little bulkier and heavier because it's been hardened uh it's a rugged design you can drop it and it won't break it won't even reset 
Uh, I've dropped it in a pond. It's waterproof with um, IP68 standard. Uh, I've dropped it on the beach. I've dropped it on asphalt. I've thrown it. Um, it's got Gorilla Glass. I'm not saying that it's not going to break the glass, but everything else is really, really tough. Uh, no, it has two modules. It comes with a speaker and a battery pack. You can get two days battery out of the onboard battery and then the battery pack that you attach uh, the magnets and little um, pogo pin connectors that hold the modules in place it's a really cool thing it isn't an everyday phone though it's not something you can easily put in and out of your pocket but if you're someone who goes you know cycling or into the countryside mountaineering climbing just to the beach or just maybe you holiday on islands a lot. I think it's a, it's a useful device to have mm. if only for the long battery. And also it's so hard. I'm pretty sure you could smash glass with it. Maybe, <laughs> maybe deter attackers even. It really, I've, I've still got the bruise in my hand where I banged it in, in the video. So uh, now that went live on the 31st of January. You've got just under three weeks to get your entry in for that. Uh, it's definitely worth, having a phone like that i would say that brings us to the end of the first really useful podcast of season four it's 2020 let's push on with some great new tips throughout the year for you and uh, as ever let us know your thoughts and uh, if there's anything that you want us to talk about get in touch on twitter or on make use of uh, from gavin phillips and myself christian corley it's goodbye bye bye